Hi, I'm Erica Pandy, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. It's Wednesday, October 27th, and we're focused on online romance scams. The pandemic has had many older Americans feeling lonely and turning to online dating websites to find a connection. Many were trying to find love and thought they had, but were left with a broken heart and an empty wallet. The Federal Trade Commission reports that a record $304 million was lost to online romance scams in 2020. That's up about 50% from 2019. An adult 60 years and older alone lost $139 million to online romance frauds in 2020. That's a huge increase from the $84 million the year before. How can the most vulnerable be protected from online criminals? In a moment, the Washington Post's Michelle Singletary on the uptick in scams. And we're joined now by the Washington Post personal finance columnist, Michelle Singletary, who's been reporting on online romance scams. Hey, Michelle. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. So, Michelle, the FTC reported that online romance scams have surged nearly 50% since 2019. What's going on here? So a lot of that has to do with the pandemic, actually. The pandemic pushed a lot of people online. I mean, people were moving towards that way, but with social distancing and things being shut down, more and more people were online shopping and meeting people. And that has pushed up the incidence of fraud. The criminals know people are online and they go after them in these romance scams. And what are some examples of how these online romantic relationships that turn into scams, how do they even begin? So a lot of them begin on dating apps. People put up their profiles and the criminals create fake profiles, often using images that they've gotten on the internet. And they communicate and open up lines of communications with their victims and pretend to be people. And then they fall madly in love. And then soon after, they begin to ask for money. And then people, their feelings are involved. And so they want to help out this person that they're falling in love with or have affection for. And then they end up being scammed. It's just quite awful for so many of these victims. And you said that a lot of people are using fake profiles, fake images. Are these cases where people are asking for money before they've even met? Typically not. So either they're coming through dating apps and also just through social media platforms, like you're on Facebook and they'll send you a fan request or in LinkedIn, let's connect business-wise, and then they start talking. Sometimes they even take them off of the platforms to other apps that are not as secure, and then they start having conversations and what you like. And, you know, you've put in your profile or even on your social platform all your likes and dislikes, and they can see where you might have eaten and what kind of interests you are. And they pick up on that and they use that to develop a relationship with you. And who are some of these individuals that are being targeted? What's the demographic of the victims here? So their ages range, all adults, 18 and over. They did see there was quite a bit of an uptick in victims who are elderly, you know, 60 or over. They actually suffered quite a bit of losses, about $139 million lost to romance scams. And, you know, you think about it, if you're divorced or widowed, you can't get out, you're worried about COVID. And so they pick up on that, these scam artists, and they use that. And people are looking for love. And they want a connection. And especially during COVID, when you can't see your relatives and friends, you know, you're more susceptible to people who are showing interest in you romantically. 
that's particularly heartbreaking because, like you're saying, I mean, during COVID, a lot of these adults, 16 over, were also the folks most isolated because of health reasons as well. I mean, was this happening on all of the apps or, or were there certain apps that had more cases of scams? There were a couple of cases in Texas and Oklahoma where they were looking at Match.com, Christian, Mingle, some of those uh, website called Plenty of Fish. So they're using all the major social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. If there's out there, they're trolling them, looking for victims. They'll ping you and then it starts off with, hey, how are you? And the next thing you know, sometimes just a couple of weeks, if that long, they'll start saying, hey, you know, I got trapped. You know, I need some money or I lost my job. Can you help me? I mean, the excuses just range from all kinds of things. And did the pandemic affect it in that way, too? Obviously, you've got more people who are on that, more people who are lonely, but you've also got a whole new set of excuses that criminals can use, right? That's right. So they always, one of the things that is key is that you should never, never send money to someone you haven't met in person. I mean, listen, I don't even want to send money to people, my own family members, but I get it. You've got this connection, but they used to have excuses like, oh, we can't meet because I'm out of town or I've got to do this business trip or there's some sort of excuse. Now, the pandemic allowed them to give what sounded like legitimate reasons. A lot of times people were breaking dates because they said, oh, I got a positive COVID diagnosis or I can't travel because of the restrictions. So it gave the criminals cover for not meeting people in person. And how did these scammers ask for money? I mean, was it through direct transfers or was it in the form of gifts or kind of any and all of the above? So oftentimes there's sort of three ways. There's gift cards. So that's just the real big red flag. Anybody asking you to pay them in any gift cards, it doesn't even matter who it is. It's probably illegal. I mean, it's definitely a scam. Wire transfers and sometimes checks, or they might ask you to send cash through the mail. Of course, you never should do that. But mostly gift cards and wire transfers. And those two are very difficult. Gift cards are almost impossible to trace and definitely wire transfers. And because those things are so difficult to trace, obviously that's why they become the popular methods of requesting. But is there any recourse for these victims to get their money back? It's very rare that they will get their money back. And one of the reasons why is because the people that they're communicating with are actually part of criminal enterprises, syndicates. They're in a room that is somewhere internationally, and they're just training these folks how to get at you. And so it becomes very difficult to recover any money. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't report it. That is so very important. And I know people People are embarrassed and they don't want to tell anybody. But the more you report it, the more likely the law enforcement officials can track these syndicates down, track these people down and prevent them from harming somebody else. On that note, have there been any investigations at the state or federal level into some of these online romance scams? The Justice Department profiled two major cases, one in Oklahoma where a guy was sentenced to four years in prison for managing a group of money launderers in an online Nigerian romance scam. And they stole at least $2.5 million. And many of the victims were elderly individuals across the U.S. Then there was another major case in Texas where 11 suspects, so you know, this is a large group of people that were targeting widowed and divorced seniors on dating sites. And the Justice Department, they're alert to it. But again, it's really hard to track down these people a lot of times because the victims don't come forward. And broadening out a little bit, were there any other fraud scams that surged during the pandemic? You mentioned shopping. 
Oftentimes people will set up fake websites and you are ordering things or you think you're ordering them and they never delivered. Like at the height of the pandemic, when everybody was looking for Perel or, you know, hand sanitizers and masks, there was lots of fraud associated with that. And so internet fraud just escalated during the pandemic because again, more people are online shopping rather than in physical stores. Washington Post personal finance columnist Michelle Singletary. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Welcome back. Here's another trend we're watching today. Vegan cuisine is popping up in two places it wasn't before, fast food and fine dining. Fast food restaurants are offering meatless chicken nuggets, and coffee chains have vegan versions of their sausage, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwiches. And we're seeing the rise of fully plant-based, upscale vegan tasting menus. 11 Madison Park, a three-Michelin-star New York institution, is now totally vegan. And it joins fancy vegan eateries in D.C., Charleston, L.A., and beyond. These chefs are redefining luxury and saying upscale food doesn't have to be all about lobster or steak. You can use those same labor-intensive, time-intensive, fine cooking techniques on vegetables. The rise of vegan food in new places matters because cutting out meat is the single biggest thing an individual can do to reduce their carbon footprint. Experts say a diet that includes beef has 10 times the climate impact of a plant-based diet. So more people eating more plants, even if they aren't vegans and vegetarians, is better for the environment. That's all for today. I'm Erica Pandy. Thanks for listening, and we're back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.